This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, as always. And thank you so much once again. I have chosen to not leave us hanging in the middle of a De Niro spiel here as Neil McCauley. I have decided to bring back Mr. Garth Franklin once again for One Heat Minute. Hello, sir. Hello, it's good to be back. <laughs> we are at the 41st minute of Michael Mann's 1995 Chrome Opus Heat, and we are in the... I don't know, eponymous, quintessential moment of the entire film where he Mm -hmm. outlies where the phrase heat comes from, which is that you must basically not have too many things that you can't walk away from in if you spot the heat around around the corner you have to be a lone samurai a lone samurai a ronin um to, which is great because a fantastic robert de niro film also um oh yes <laughs> ronin. Um, so um if you are listening to this for the very first time welcome to the 41st episode of heat you've got a lot to catch up on um <laughs> number one where are you going to begin I don't know. and and if you're not familiar with uh, mr garth franklin just go to twitter to at dark horizons or to darkhorizons.com um for one of the longest standing and most objective and great movie news and review websites online um he is a friend of mine and i'm very glad to have him back he's been along for many of the episodes of one heat minute so far and will no doubt be back again but we're going to go in to what is a really fantastic scene between Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer, sort of unpacking a few things. And I think right here, what's awesome is that in the previous minute that Garth and I were together, we really discussed the motivations of Neil's character that Mm. sort of encompass you know, his entire pathos. But now we're getting into the Christian of it all, which is really fantastic. Um, I love this performance from Val Kilmer. If you listen to the previous minute, there is still a little bit of disgusting elbow play that you can uh, get your... Uh, get, the get, elbow is subdued. It's a bit slightly more subdued because yeah. um, the way that the tracking shot comes up, it gets a little bit more focused in on his performance. But it's, you know, this is Val Kilmer at his very, very best. So you guys listen to this minute. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it for God's sake, and then come back and uh, pause this podcast. Come back and listen um, to us unpack it with you. Let's go. Remember that. For me, the sun rises and sets with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Today we take delivery of cash from Van Zandt, then I drop a deposit on Kelso for this bank. Bank? What bank? What about the platinum thing that's ready to fall? That goes to Vendor Bank. Want some breakfast? Yeah. 
You okay? Yeah, sugar. Yeah. <sighs> it's a good minute. It's a good minute, Garth. I, I, people are probably if, if if people are listening now and this is your forty first episode with us. I'm sorry if I've said the phrase, this is a good minute, because every minute of this 176 minutes for me is pretty damn good. So I'm really sorry if it's an overused phrase at this point, but um, I love this. I love this scene a lot. Um, and I love that we got to, we're getting to finish it together because, mm. you know, De Niro finishes the preceding minute, the 40th minute with such a great line, like, remember that? Mm. And the great, there's like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of counting the seconds. There's this beautiful pause. slow zoom and pause mm-hmm. where Kilmer almost thinks that he's going to respond and sort of holds back in just the briefest of seconds before he calculatingly responds. And and he says, for me, the sun rises and sets with a man. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he looks up and glances and he sort of faces the, the brunt of Neil's gaze in that moment. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, he's also looking at Neil's reaction to that as well, which is interesting. This is almost like the eternal debate between Neil, like the, the, the lifelong bachelors <laughs> and the emotional codependence of the, of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all... Are you saying we've had this conversation before, Garth? We have. Neither so rather obsessed with a man. I suppose I am the belligerent Val Kilmer. Maybe I had those bangs. I can't remember. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but no, it's, I think it's a really, it's a fantastic moment because... It, he sort feels, of him he feels, yeah, his commitment, yeah. He feels really raw, though. Like, yeah. here he's unguarded, and I think yeah. in this moment, you can believe it really from Chris, because it, it feels yes. like with Neil, he's not going to BS. Yeah, no, he's not going to BS with Neil, but he's also, yeah, from Chris, that he's normally, there's a lot of pride, and there's a lot of sort of surface, sort of anger and uh, pretension, actually, in some ways. Yes. Like, behaving stuff. And this is one of, this is his moment of raw, emotional sort of upfrontness yeah which you won't get from Neil no <laughs> from and he looks at Neil and Neil sort of stews with that uh, but then he accepts it and that's and that's the, actually the, that's the beautiful part of the scene where he's just like even if he doesn't understand it it's like alright this is one of those perfect scenes so if you if you haven't had a chance I'm, I'm sorry to direct you away and I don't want to but after this um, Garth and I have written a series of columns on his website Dark Horizons talking about cinematic masculinity and mm. portrayals of and one of the things um, we've talked about two films we're talking about I've talked about Heat in a column and I've also talked about Miami Vice and one of the things I love about this scene which is also echoed much later in Miami Vice is there's a moment where Jamie Foxx's character is is having a really sort of frantic conversation with Colin Farrell about, you know, where the hell have you just been? Mm. And in that case, Colin Farrell's character had gone to Havana um, with Isabella <laughs> Gong Lee's character for a mojito <laughs> and a night out dancing. Um, and it was quite impulsive. Mm. And he's asking, where have you been? You know, you know, this is the bad guy's girl sort of thing. Um, and he asks him a, a series of questions and Colin Farrell's, character looks at him and says what you think i'm in so deep i forgot Mm. and jamie fox looks at him and he sort of takes a beat much very similar to neil's beat here and Mm. looks at him and goes i'll never doubt you yeah and i love 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 that response because this response all right 
is the same as that. It's that reassurance. It's that deep, sort of deep bond of masculinity it, that's you know, just a friendship the, that's the, there, that's the, understanding that... The deepest brotherhood is that, okay, yeah. if the sun rises and sets with her, then that's... that's then I'll support you on that. I'll, and I'll, I'll back yeah, you. Yeah. I'll back you even into the ground. And yeah. even though... And I think in both senses, what's great about both those characters, I think that Tubbs, who's um, Jamie Foxx's character, and particularly um, um, Neil here, mm-hmm. they both have doubts whether perhaps they're their friend might go too, too close to the edge <laughs> yeah. or, yeah, true. or yeah. might have doubts about whether this is the right person for him because yeah. they know that they're self-destructive, but they still support them. You know, but they were well, they're aware of their tendencies and they, you know, they don't want to get in their way, but they will try and help them if they can. And sort of, the, and there's a great, them. there's, you know, a couple of seconds here, sort of 40 minutes, 13 seconds, 40 minutes, 14 seconds, where there's a great shot, reverse shot yeah. where he says, all right, he goes, yeah, yeah. He looks at him, stares, right. closes his eyes. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's a nod like, yeah, I got you. I got you in any case. And so they sort of sit there and it's uh, uh, several more seconds of just sort of quiet. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, this is, for one minute, there's a lot of, very little dialogue actually in this at all. It's all just like a lot of quiet pauses and moments, but it's really... Quiet and steadiness. Yeah. And when they're talking... But not forced. No. It never feels forced. Very very natural. (coughs) Just nods. And processing information. I think that, you know, when you're around really close friends, there are times where there's just gaps and you're sort of nodding... You might have a sip of your drink. You might, you know, have a crisp. You might sit there. You don't feel the need to fill the silence with with just dialogue. You don't need to keep, you know, the verbal diarrhea. Um, You're just talking. And here... I'm like a a podcast where we do verbal (laughs) diarrhea. (laughs) A podcast is not like a real conversation, my friend. Um, It's a conversation, absolutely. But, you know, Mm. it's it's got less pauses. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, here they then just, you know, Neil, it's business as usual. You know, what's so funny is that you know, in the timeline of this film, it's it's cinematic temporality. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, this is literally the next day from the heist. It's mm-hmm. probably about the same time that the heist took place. Mm-hmm. Neil's already been off and planned their next job, yeah. um, and he's starting to talk about okay, what and the there's already timetables in place and everything and everything. Timetables. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to yep. do that. And so he's sort of acknowledging like what's happening to this thing. Um, and again, you know, uh, credit to mm. Kilmer's Chris. Like he's been out partying. He looks hungover as all hell, but he's still willing. He's to still have a, a, well, he's still a professional. He still does his job. He's still a pro, right? He's still having the conversation. No, we still got that. Yeah, we're all good. Um, and also, I think what's oh, even now. I love that that sort of wide shot of the two of them with the beautiful yeah. shot. Forty minutes, thirty-seven seconds. There's a lot of shot reverse shot here because man is really aware of the amazing gestural craft of his key players in this film that they can sort of underplay perfectly and you can sort of appreciate it in those closer shots of like small mm. movements and motions and eyebrow movements and small moves of the cheek and here it's a sensational wide shot 40 minutes 37 seconds that could be a, a mural and should be on my wall that I eventually own in my yeah. house. It would be a series of heat walls and this would be in the running. Um, <laughs> then again, we could be overanalyzing it and it's just the location manager found an awesome, awesome. house <laughs> and Michael Mann just wants to shoot the shit about yeah. it while he had the chance. True, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's this great moment and they're talking and they're going through the next layers of what's going to be happening and, and, and it's all good to go. Mm. Um, and yeah, just really, really sensational. Let's get some breakfast. We're all good, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's eat. Cool. I'm hungover as hell. I'm about to go collect some funds. We're good to go. And cut to cut to probably the one man in this whole film who has 
a regular normal relationship. That's <laughs> yeah. like not trying to be like, you know, is in a relationship and does not feel like he's one of those ones who shouldn't be in it. Yeah. He was like the, the one person that's not like this Omega who's trying to like pretend he's a... Yeah. So Kim Stoughton plays Lillian who's in the writer frame 40 minutes, 48 seconds mm-hmm. when the scene cuts over and Dennis Haysbert plays Donald Breeden or Don Breeden who's an ex-con mm-hmm. um, and it's, uh, you know, she's sitting in this beautiful little old Tirana it looks like, you yeah. know, with racing stripes and she's an amazing, like, she's already the sunshine. 40 minutes, 48 seconds, she's smiling at him, yeah. she's trying to make She's got him... the whole young Angela Bassett kind of look to her. Yeah. He's, this is like the 24 president back when he was like a muscular 20-something <laughs> year old, like, whoa. When he, when he walked out of Major League, yeah. as Pedro Serrano, he's, no, he's, he's not the man behind the suit, he's a very strapping, strapping. And it's like a, it's, it's an obviously sort of beautiful couple moment between these two, and it's like a, just a, a lovely sort of sweet goodbye. Yeah, it's sweet and it's reassuring, right? Yeah. She's encouraging him. You know, she's like, you okay? And he's like, yeah, sugar. <laughs> Doesn't everyone wish they talked like Dennis Haysbert? His voice is outstanding. He's liquid gold. <laughs> I'm going to just take his swig of some Captain Morgan and hopefully, come on, baby, can I sound like Dennis Haysbert after this sip? Oh, God. No, I can't. Okay, uh, it's unfortunate. 40, 40 minutes, 52 seconds. This, you know, Lillian's got this beautiful smile. She's encouraging. Mm. And there's a really sort of, she grabs his head. And it's just a sweet kiss. And it's tender. And she looks yeah. at him and it's, it's it's a gaze so full of love and encouragement and hope. And he's cool. Like, he's cool yeah. as a cucumber. He's like, yeah, sure. It's going to be all good. Everything's going to be fine. But it's also one of, the, one of the few relationships. Even, you know, you had that with Pacino in the early scenes where you had the loving scene in the bed where they were mm. making out. It was like a beautiful sort of morning scene. But then you kind of start seeing the fractures in that relationship. and that's that Big time. Of, yeah. So that it devolves over the film. Whereas with this, this is one of the few relationships where it doesn't really... Crumble no, crumble. It, do, it does. It actually stays pretty pure throughout the whole. Thing. It's very pure, and I think um, you look later. There's an amazing scene where Don can't help but sort of take. I suppose the the phrasing would probably be take the edge off the day. You know, he's had mm-hmm. a really particularly bad day, or one of the days that he's working for Bud Court's character. You know, washing toilets, etc., and having twenty five percent of his pay go to this little slime ball um, um, weasel of a character that Bud Court plays in this um, but the the interesting thing is that even in that moment she's super supportive and, mm. and, and doesn't discount anything that he's saying and she's like look I know baby but you can you know you can get through this and again that mm. level of encouragement it's probably you know more strange because she, she's understanding and acknowledging the challenge and I think there's one other moment in this film like a reaction it's a very small moment it's a reaction mm. shot from um, her character, Lillian, um, Kim Sorton's character, as the news bulletin comes up in the heist and yeah. she hears about his fate. Yeah. And just even the briefest second where she's... I think she's in a bar and she's sitting there and she looks up at the screen and she sees what his fate is. And maybe it's 10 seconds and it's just heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And, and especially all the more heartbreaking because of how passionate and encouraging she is and supportive and you know I mean and this is with you know really a few seconds of screen time she really has less years less than she's got nothing she's got nothing and um you know I I think one of the great one of the great testaments to both the scripting and also the actors performances is that with not much to do they convey and say so Mm -hmm. much without saying anything at all so Mm -hmm. I, I love I love her character for that and I love that for this minute and what's great is we're kind of I love the contrast and the echoes in the script, which is that we're just cutting from a really encouraging scene that didn't start with, you know, 
it didn't end with uh, Pacino, uh, sorry, rather De Niro um, holding Val Kilmer's back of his neck and giving him a kiss of encouragement, like everything's <laughs> going to be okay. But in a, it was se- a very sort of yeah, it's in, a, in a sense, there's a compliment, right? It's like yeah, yeah. yeah we're starting today, encouraging. We can go. We've got some jobs on the boil. You know, I'll get you those steaks in the freezer for that next job. Because I think what we talked about in the preceding minute prior to this podcast, uh, the previous podcast that people would have listened to, we talked mm. about how. You know, that's one of the first questions that Neil asked Chris is, mm. you know, what's what's going on? Are there enough stakes in the freezer? And so he, I think, you know, he knows his friend's impulsive. He knows that maybe he's not providing the stability for his family. And mm. so he knows also the importance of then the next few jobs to kind of uh, get him back on an even keel or to help him, you know, reestablish. And so here as well, there's that sort of encouragement and that support. Yeah, and- but it's a different kind. There's... What's interesting with man stuff is he has very traditional views in terms of relationships between men and men, men, men and women. women. Yeah, and there's very little sort of crossover. You don't have the men are never sort of affectionate with each other beyond sort of that sort of resolute male pride sort of kind of kind of thing going on, and then the women is just he, he at least establishes them as more as, as a proper character, female characters, and some other sort of filmmakers do, but it's still still pretty traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely think you're right there. Yeah, we ha- we haven't seen a great man crime film. No, and, where, there's, and where, one thing where, where we don't see enough characters. of in man films also is female interpersonal female relationships like, yes. between two women and sort of thing like that. Because they're so it, it, they're all it's all dominated by the men within. The yeah, story. he's very he's very preoccupied with masculine yeah. professions. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think in some of his later films, he's definitely tried to bring that in, and and um, uh, mm. it, it, he's tried to do better. But yeah, absolutely. That's that's one thing here. There's not a you know, yeah, it's 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 his it's his take on intimacy, physical intimacy, especially in terms of friendships, and how it's it's still a very traditionalist form, even though, especially with like uh, Neil, in many ways, it sort of personifies his form of that sort of stuff. Yes, because it's like it's all okay. My friend is doing this, but I'm not going to you know actually lecture him. I'm going to go to the wife and challenge her and say you know. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shape up. And push I think out. that's I, I think that's Neil's I think that's Neil's levels of control, right? Because mm. I think it's almost. Um, Neil almost doesn't want to seem like he's the puppet master of his mm. crew and he's protecting in sort of a, you know, a both, you know, fatherly or familiar way. Yeah, yeah. But but he'll do that with the women because... Yeah, he doesn't like, want to be that gross in terms of like just... Interfering. Interfering, yeah. Yeah. He wants to be behind him. Even though you get the idea that the crew is kind of aware he is yeah. and they don't mind. Yeah, it's, it's almost <laughs> like you wonder if Chris Evan knew that Neil yeah. st- attempted to circumvent that but mm. you know it's, it's really mm. super interesting um so we've got here dennis Haysbert. he's he's looking at the lovely uh kim Staunton as lillian and he's about to go inside that is where we've cut right now and and again this is another i wonder just a, a quick question you've watched this film a few times now and probably more recently since having done the podcast or yeah I would say well, I watched it a few times back in the 90s uh, when it first came out and then I watched it for, we watched it for the podcast about a month ago and then certain scenes from it a couple of times since. yeah so you're when you're watching this scene especially recently is it something that you savor as far as like you're wondering the significance of it in the overarching arc of the story um, because you now know what's happening or is it something that when you watched it back you're like oh what is this again what, why are we going down this path is is this I wonder if it feels like a digression or if it feels like something that could be chopped entirely from the film I don't know if it could be chopped I mean it's going back to I still remember his character in it from like even though it was 18 years ago like yeah. between the time of seeing it I still remember him involvement in it even though it's probably one of the more 
I mean, as characters go, it's probably the one of the more perfunctory ones that could be chopped if necessary. Yes. yes. Um, whereas some of the more key characters, I kind of almost completely forgot about, and like like someone like Wangro, a lot of his storyline I completely forgotten about, like with the, with the killing of hookers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's interesting which stuff sticks with you, and this yeah. is probably one of the few I remember mainly because it's like a it's Dennis Haysbert. This was he's you know such a dynamic presence in just generally. Yes, and it's also one of the few scenes in there. It was just like a simple, nice sort of quiet one as opposed to some of the more complicated men in this <laughs> yeah in this and, and, and and I'm really interested to hear you say that because also this is a scene that sticks with me and I think one of the things that sticks with me as, as a frame in my head that just sort of etches this way to my brain is is her is actually Kim Staunton's reaction mm. of of Haysbert's fate that mm. really stuck with me um, mm. um, and 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 so now re-watching it more and more and more is this storyline I just love the more like the the uh, writing now to plant the seed for this potential little mini thread of a story that's a little mini heartbreak and um, mm. sort of even makes you more exacer- you know exacerbated from an already pretty intense scene that we're about mm. to see everything go down in so really interesting <laughs> but also um, one final thing I just notice it now is like the colors in this scene are almost only in this scene. There's like the, yellow. the yellows and the greens <laughs> yeah. and, and, their, and their beautiful, you know, the golden jewelry and their beautiful brown skin. Like, I, I think here it's one of those rare moments. You've got those sort of organic colors. And as we go into the next moment, it's a bit more tan. It's a bit, um, yeah. you see yeah. the sort of tan. and Because and when you think Michael Mann, you don't think yellow. No, you don't think no, yellow you think blue, grey. Blue, grey. Certain blacks. Yeah, and so here you've got a much more organic looking and feeling different side. So it's again one of those little yeah. uh, vignettes on this ex- sort of expanding middle section of this film um, that you sort of take a few little uh, visual sort of aesthetic holidays from man's style in a yeah. way because you're having a look at this different stuff. Garth Franklin. Yeah. It's been another minute. It has been fun. Would you like to come back for another minute eventually? Okay, will do. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another One Heat Minute. I've been Blake Howard, Garth Franklin. You can find him on darkhorizons.com or at darkhorizons on the Twitters if you are there. He's also on Facebook, of course, as most things are. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at Blake is Batman. But if you like this podcast and enjoy this episode, please go to oneheatminute.com and you can subscribe uh, to Stitcher or to iTunes. You can also um, email us if there's any cool articles or if you are, in fact, Kim Staunton or Dennis Haysbert and you've been listening to the show, thank you so much for listening, Dennis and Kim. Um, (laughs) The email address is mail at oneheatminute.com. If you've got any cool stuff, we'd love to hear from you and any feedback, that would be excellent. Um, And uh, thank you to Garth. He also helped uh, design our website, oneheatminute.com. Thank you to Paul Davies for our lovely theme Um, and thank you guys so much for listening and again please subscribe rate and review One Heat Minute I've been Blake Howard thank you Garth Franklin and thank you When you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply